boys and ghouls. It's your old pal, Alice, Alex, Cooper, Ed, Ed, yeah. I am back, and this is a very special show. I have wanted to do something like this forever. Anyone who's a true blue, uh, red and dead and bloodied skeleton crew head knows that I'm way big into music. Just as much as I am into anything else. Movies, art, anything horror-related, honestly. Um, and regular music. Nice music sometimes. In 2014, October 25th, I released a show called Skeleton Crew Presents Horror Hits 2014. I actually started calling it 2014 only after I released exactly almost to the day October 24th instead of 25th 2016 I released Skeleton Crew Horror Hits 2016 what I put together at the time music from horror movies or horror related music but this is a show I always wanted to do you know I've taken tons of musical journeys at the very top of my list is Alice Cooper. And that's probably crazy for you. You're probably thinking, that is the strangest thing. Who says that? <clears throat> I think anybody who really knows the Coop knows exactly why I say that. And it's not weird to them at all. I would love for all of you to go on an Alice Cooper journey with me. I made a playlist on Spotify of all of his greatest songs. I think I only have to add the last two albums or so that he did. And the playlist is a... It's a total of 9 hours and 42 minutes. And that's without those last two albums. So you could imagine how many songs are on it, right? Alice Cooper's not like Metallica, where, where the songs are usually uh, pretty long. It's uh, standard length most of the time. Sounds like regular 70s music sometimes, but it's obviously off-kilter. It sounds like 80s, but it's obviously more of the macabre and the fun. He did it in the best of ways. It's all tongue-in-cheek um, by those days. Um, with Teenage Frankenstein and stuff like that. He knows exactly what he's doing, and we're all having fun with it. Because horror was fun in the 80s. It was a fun popcorn thrill ride, and he treated it that way. And he likes it that way. Um, it's a big, fun presentation in, in that sense. But he's always had that sensibility. But it just really went full blast in the 80s, and we're going to get to that. But what I'm doing here is... I went through every single Alice Cooper album, and I chose the scariest songs, the most haunting songs, whatever. So I want to walk through each and every song with you. If you don't like Alice Cooper, if you never gave him a chance, if you just aren't into him for whatever reason or another, hopefully uh, if you take this journey tonight, this will change your mind. Now listen, <laughs> I was going to pick only 10 songs. And I realized by the time I was in his, like, fifth album, well, I was at ten songs already. Because he did really good haunting stuff in the very beginning of his career. And, you know, obviously, 
the 80s, and he even did pretty haunting things in the 2000s. You don't want to miss any of it. So even if you can't take this entire journey with me in one fell swoop, just keep coming back. Press pause, go to work, get in your car when you're driving home and press play again. Do whatever you got to do. Lay, lay the phone next to your bed. I'd rather you hear all of this on real speakers, actually, uh, just for the integrity of the music. Um, if you can, of course, just listening at all is appreciated, but do yourself a favor Listen to this in your car stereo or headphones or whatever. Something that makes the music sound good because you want to hear it in its full capacity. Especially if you're taking this journey for the first time. First impressions are everything and hopefully I'm going to give you a good one. So you're all horror fans. That's why you listen to the Skeleton Crew. That's why you listen to Bare Bones. That's why you listen to the Banana Laser, Exploding Heads, Horror in the House of Sam. That's why you hear all this stuff because you're horror fans. So I went ahead and selected the most horrifying songs of Alice Cooper, uh, the ones I thought that you would dig the most for, for that uh, reason. So I'm going to go to a few sources for uh, my talk-ups for each song. I'm going to go to my own personal experiences. I'm going to go uh, wherever I can with this. Um, one of the, one of the great source is the decades Alice Cooper in the seventies by Chris Sutton. A lot of great details in there. There's just so much to talk about. I'm going to talk up each song pretty good with uh, those sources, my own experiences. We're going to start with the album Love It to Death, 1971, The Ballad of Dwight Fry. All you guys who listen to our Universal Monsters shows knew who Dwight Fry was. He was the guy who played Dracula's assistant. He was the guy who played Frankenstein's assistant. Uh, he was in a lot of the uh, Monster Rally movies and the Universal movies where they all got together. He was always a village person. So in this song, the intro is genius. Bob Ezrin's piano notes fading away as Michael's double acoustic guitars kick in with a slow hypnotic chord sequence. What's really impressive is Alice's delivery here. His voice, it just modulates into a disturbing, sinister tone, notably when he sings about his daughter, when he says, I'd give her back all of her playthings. Even the ones I stole. That is one of the most memorable lines on any Alice Cooper album. Listen as the agony gets increasingly desperate to escape with, I gotta get out of here. I mean, it was just crazy. So Bob Ezrin even had Alice Cooper singing in an actual straitjacket while boxed under a pile of chairs. That's method singing at its finest. Listen for the insane guitar solo by Glenn Buxton. And then once Dwight is out at the 4 minute and 55 second mark, he sounds so naive that you empathize with his predicament. But then it switches. And the line where he says, I saw that man was choking there, I guess he couldn't breathe, is a shock. Did he kill this man? Or was it a heart attack? Whatever it was, it gets increasingly distraught and frantic, even more so when he's eventually captured. Check out The Ballad of Dwight Fry.
Now we're going to get to a song with a pretty morbid title to begin with, Dead Babies. This is off the album Killer, which is also released in 1971. So, Dead Babies, you know, an an often misconstrued song. It's actually about the consequences of child neglect. But that message was easy to forget or missed altogether, given that live versions featured Alice taking an axe to baby dolls. So the way this song was created, it was actually uh, put together from two songs. One had a good chorus and a lousy verse. The other had a lousy chorus and a good verse. So they said, let's take the good and the good and put them together. And uh, his bassist, Dennis, uh, wrote a new bass line and tied the two together, and it became Dead Babies. So the story of this song, the family background is explored in the verses, but it becomes all about the chorus that gets right in your head. It's just a great ride. Here we go, Dead Babies. Little 
Absolutely amazing. I think you could already see that Alice Cooper is an amazing storyteller. His delivery is uh, the quality of an actor with a great tonal quality. Now we move on to the band's arguably largest album, Billion Dollar Babies, in 1973 for I Love the Dead. 
You know, Alice actually didn't think that this song necessarily fit on the album. It points strongly towards Welcome to My Nightmare. I mean, this song would fit right on that album, um, barring the production quality differences. Once again, the producer Bob Ezrin opens the track with a sparkling piano. Alice's vocal performance really draws you in here. It repulses you with the lyrics. The music builds with the Dick Wagner handling the howling lead guitar parts that echo the horror in the lyrics. The chorus is sickingly catchy, building up to a big vocal ending. I remember this song really, really got to me. You know, it's funny, there's not that many lyrics in this song. Like, I could literally do them all for you in five seconds. I love the dead before they're cold. They're bluing flesh for me to hold. Cadaver eyes upon me see nothing. I love the dead before they rise. No farewells, no goodbyes. I never even knew your now rotting face. While friends and lovers mourn your silly grave, I have other uses for you, darling. And then all you get is the chorus, I love the dead. And then at the very end, I love the dead before they're cold. They're bluing flesh for me to hold. Cadaver eyes upon me see nothing. So think about that. How Alice Cooper maximized the potential of, of those lyrics on this song with the band. And think of where they were at the time. And, and think of their talent to go just have those few lyrics and then create this spooktacular masterpiece I Love the Dead you'll see it's not just about lyrics it's an attitude I love the dead before they're cool the bluing flesh for me to hold cadaver eyes upon me see Nothing. I love the dead before they rise. No farewells, no goodbyes. I never even knew your now rotting face. While friends and lovers mourn your silly grave I have other uses for you, darling
1975, Alice Cooper became a solo act. The band split up. Alice went on his own, much like Ozzy Osbourne. He legally changed his name to Alice Cooper. And Welcome to My Nightmare was born. So this is the title track, Welcome to My Nightmare. This song is pretty self-explanatory. It really sets a tone. It has been Alice's, basically his trademark, if you will, for live performances. But this was surely the centerpiece to his 1975 tour, which opened with this song and set the stage for the macabre scenes that followed. Alice approached this song as if it were a production number, and that's how he performed it. As for the meaning of this song, Alice just says, I project images to the audience and they make up their own story to fit it. I have no message at all. I never did.
going to stay with the same album for The Black Widow. This is the heaviest track on the album. Many of you probably don't know this, but eight years before the Thriller video, Alice Cooper created the original spooky mini-movie to a song narrated by Vincent Price. Obviously, Vincent Price is a famous horror actor. This introduction sets the tone as Price takes Cooper through his lair, refusing to release him from his nightmare. You'll hear Price as he details the deadly proclivities of the Black Widow Spider, which Cooper then sings about as he plays out his fears. Unlike most Black Widows of song and screen, this one is male, as Cooper sings about the spider sitting on his throne. This indicates that Vincent Price's character is in fact the Black Widow. Leaving Lepidoptera, please don't touch the displays, little boy. <laughs> oh, cute. Moving to the next aisle, we have Arachnida. The spiders, our finest collection. This friendly little devil is the Heptothilidae, unfortunately harmless. Next to him, the nasty Lycosa Raptoria. His tiny fangs cause creeping ulcerations of the skin. <laughs> and here... My prize, the Black Widow. Isn't she lovely and so deadly? Her kiss is 15 times as poisonous as that of the rattlesnake. <laughs> you see, her venom is highly neurotoxic, which is to say that it attacks the central nervous system, <laughs> causing intense pain, profuse sweating, difficulty in breathing, loss of consciousness, violent convulsions, and finally, uh, death. You know, I think what I love the most about her is her inborn need to dominate, possess. In fact, immediately after the consummation of her marriage to the smaller and weaker male of the species, she kills and eats him. Oh, she is delicious. <laughs> and I hope he was. Such power and dignity, unhampered by sentiment. 
If I may put forward a slice of personal philosophy, I feel that man has ruled this world as a stumbling, demented child king long enough. And as his empire crumbles, my precious Black Widow shall rise as his most fitting successor. These words he speaks are true. We're all humanary stew. We don't pledge allegiance to the Black Widow. The horror that he'll bring. The horror of his sting. The unholiest of kings. The Black Widow.
in keeping with Welcome to My Nightmare, we move on to Years Ago. The rise and fall of the guitar melody line captures the carousel experience perfectly, made explicit in the Nightmare TV special. Check that out, too. That's available on DVD. Alice's voices, the child, and the adult is disturbing. Folk singer Patricia Ann does the mother's voice. She does very little, just calling for Stephen to come home, but it's memorable. Something in the haunting way she delivers the lines stay with you forever. It's the first time the boy's name is mentioned on the album. Here I go again Up and down alone All my friends went home Years ago And finally, we wrap up the Welcome to My Nightmare journey of this Skeleton Crew Horror Hits Alice Cooper edition with a song called Steven. This is a masterpiece. A Mozart-like classic piano part opens the song. So Alice delivers the verses in a crackling, fragile tone of a young boy on the edge of despair. When he gets to, I don't want to hear you cry. You just don't know how deep that cuts me. It almost feels too intrusive to keep listening. 
at the 129 minute mark, you get your first big chorus. Alice's vocals have so much power to them with the backing vocalist. The music keeps crashing around and around. You get a beautiful guitar solo from Dick Wagner at the 3 minute 13 second mark, which pretty closely follows the melody. And there's this really surreal part, the death scene that follows the leads to the eerie whispered wake up calls at 4 minute 19 seconds. As he slowly wakes, Stephen loses the voice of the little boy growing in strength. Growing up, I always felt that part was the adult me talking to the kid in me and telling me it's time to go home now. And Alice is saying, but can't we stay out just for a little while longer? And he's like, no, it's, it's time to go home now. It really just speaks to me as we're not kids anymore. We have to grow up now. And I think um, all of us listening, to be as big a horror fan as as you are, to listen to a podcast, especially this one. But I think a lot of us will always be a kid at heart. We live in that balance that we can do the adult thing and then um, we still have that, that kid at heart in us. And uh, that that's what this feels like, the end of that. And it really speaks to me. So... Here is Stephen. I don't want to see you go. I don't even want to be there. I will cover up my eyes and pray it goes away. Stop screaming. I don't like to hear you cry. You just don't know how deep that cuts me. So I will cover up my eyes. And it will go. Stop screaming.
I don't want to feel you die. But if that's the way that God has planned you, well, I'll put pennies on your eyes. Here we are. Sooner than later, we are already done with the 70s, Alice Cooper. So this is a big transition, and there's lots to talk about before we get to the next song, which you all know, he's back. The man behind the mask. On May 4th, 2013, we released Crew Invades Chiller Theater with Linnea Quigley. On that show, that's when I was a psychopath with the skeleton crew. I went to a horror convention called Chiller Theater, and I got a bunch of questions together before I headed over, and I went up to the guests, and I interviewed them, and I played all the interviews on our show. One of the interviews was with a man named Kane Roberts. He was the guitarist for Alice Cooper when Alice made his big comeback. One thing you don't know about Alice, and it may help you appreciate him more is that in the 70s he had his OG original band and as I said he went solo with that last few bits of songs I played with Alice Cooper's Welcome to My Nightmare so things were still going good he was doing a great job as a solo artist then he released one more album Alice Cooper Goes to Hell and it was okay but then Alice took a turn for the worse he started abusing cocaine He's very public about it. There's interviews with him, and he looks like The Walking Dead. He most likely would have died. Everything in his life completely fell apart. His wife couldn't do it anymore. He released four albums, I'm going to say, during this period. And those four albums are known as the Alice Cooper Blackout Period, meaning he doesn't even remember recording them. 
Those albums are Flush the Fashion, Special Forces, Zipper Catches Skin, and Dada. He was doing new wave punk music at the time. Alice always adapted to what was going on. He never wanted to be left behind. He knew that he could bring his flavor to any genre of music. And as music progressed, he progressed with it, just like most bands do. But most bands, when the artist grows, it grows into something fans normally don't like. The strange thing about Alice is when he did grow and he recovered from this blackout period, his music was pretty incredible. His stuff in the 80s and 90s, the album Constrictor, Raise Your Fist and Yell, Prince of Darkness, Trash, Hey Stupid, The Last Temptation of Alice Cooper, all great albums. He was able to stay relevant, and the way that happened was Kane Roberts. He said to Alice, listen, instead of just letting the fans know you survived, let them know that you came back recharged. Why survive something when you could come out of it a whole new man with a new ferocious energy ready to tear it apart? And that's what he did in 1986 with Constrictor. Alice Cooper went metal, and it was a great sound. I definitely recommend the Constrictor and Raise Your Fist and Yell albums. Check those out. But right now, let's get to He's Back, The Man Behind the Mask. When Alice and Kane originally wrote this song, it was heavier. company said they wanted something that was a little bit more of a melodic pop kind of sound. So the music that they originally chose for this song went to a song called Trick Bag. And that was a great idea. The company was right. This song would not have worked. It would not be iconic. It would not be amazing if they went with the original version. So they hired a guy that wrote Like a Virgin for Madonna. He was a cool guy, very talented. When they recorded it, Frank Mancuso came in to hear it. He was tapping his foot, but goes, Kane, is this ever going to rock? And Kane said, no. 
He still used it, but was very crestfallen. But it came out great and did very well. Kane Roberts and Alice Cooper were pleased with the song, as was everyone else. It sounded very different from the rest of the album. And as you all know, the highly poppy tune sits at odds stylistically with it being the main song for Friday the 13th Part 6. So I'm going to give you guys a treat. None of you actually heard the version I'm going to play, so don't skip it. The edited single movie mix of the song is featured on the life and crimes of Alice Cooper and is far superior to the album version. It has more backing ambiance, with a mix of synths and keyboards blended better. There's a better background wash on the chorus too, with the vocals mixed better. The less upfront mix works well, giving a sense that there is more going on in the arrangement than there actually is. And that's the version you're going to hear right now. He's back, the man behind the mask.
Now we're moving on to 1987's Raise Your Fist and Yell with the song Prince of Darkness, which was written and featured in John Carpenter's 1987 Prince of Darkness. You can also catch a cameo of Alice Cooper in that film. Alice Cooper is holding a bicycle without a front wheel and handlebars, and he shoves the bike through a man and it comes out of his back. Then he rolls over, balancing on this frame, and stuff starts coming out of his mouth. It's great. This was the last track recorded for the album, and it's Alice's favorite. And he's right, it's the best on the album, along with pretty much all of Side 2, which is superior to Side 1. Even the drummer felt that the second side of the album is a bit more artistic, they were less worried about having to do something that had commercial value, and... That is the best art when you're not doing something from a commercial standpoint. Kane Roberts said that you can tell Alice and I were in story mode. We were thinking alike. Let's create this world talking about Satan. But it gets darker as we talk about a bride getting married and murdered. It feels like a deeper project on side two. The drummer also picked up on the change in atmosphere. He said it's definitely a mood on the track. It's a dark song, one of the moodiest tracks on the record. So I do recommend that you all listen to side two of Raise Your Fist and Yell. Be sure to take note of Kane Roberts' excellent solo in the song, where he throws every trick in his arsenal at it. He finishes it off with a return to the song's melody. This is his best work yet on the album. Here it is, Prince of Darkness. Oh, I'm a 
the light, he fears the truth, he fears what's gonna be. He spits on life, he spits on God, he spits on death for you and me. Stay on the album, raise your fist and yell for Roses on White Lace. A horrific tale of murder. The heavy riffing returns along with outstanding drums to the fore again. The drummer is absolutely blistering on this, somehow topping anything he played elsewhere on the album. To this day, drummers ask him, what happened? Did you eat extra Wheaties that morning? It was great for its time, its cutting edge, and moved the bar forward. Once again, Kane's guitar solo works well over the rhythm track. He blends the two together really well. There's a nice touch with the deeper voice doubling on Alice's parts of the lyrics, which gives a sense of the demonic at work. Here it is, Roses on White Lace.
Now we move on to 1991, Alice's 12th studio album, Hey Stupid. This was the album that was big when Alice uh, jumped back into the mainstream and relevance in the movie Wayne's World. Wayne and Garth go to see Alice Cooper live, and you get the whole, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. In that segment, Alice comes out playing Feed My Frankenstein from this album. Now listen, I could add a couple songs from this album into this tour through Alice's more horror-esque content, but just like I didn't with Teenage Frankenstein, I'm not going to with Feed My Frankenstein or Snakebite, which is debatable, but I am going to do Dangerous Tonight. It's hard to say when there are so many songs, I told you how many minutes my best of playlist is so many songs it's hard to say what your favorite song is from your favorite artist sometimes because it can change any day of the week but i will say this song is at least guaranteed my top three if not top two alice songs ever so you could pretty much sum this up that this is my favorite song from my favorite artist uh, basically. Dangerous Tonight, there's something just special about it. I actually got to speak to Alice for a little while, and we talked about this song, and he said one time he was asked to write a song about vampires for a movie, and he said, I already wrote it. It's called Dangerous Tonight. So the song is basically about vampires. It's not why I like it. It's more than that. The content is great, sure. But it's the delivery, the way he delivers everything, the the guitar, the production on this album. Everybody has this kind of album. Nirvana had it with Nevermind. Metallica had it with the Black Album. Alice Cooper has it with Hey Stupid. It's that perfectly overproduced album. And when I say overproduced, it's just recorded really well. It sounds really great. That's not really a bad thing. People will say these things have a slick production and it's too perfect or whatever. It doesn't sound like it's a garage band getting together. Alice has an album like that, and we're going to get to it later. One of the tracks are featured on this special. But no, this album, no, this was the powerful guitars, powerful drums, amazing sounding vocals. Sometimes um, some songs warrant that type of production and i think this is one of them i wouldn't want it less produced so here we go dangerous tonight your thighs If you let me out 
moves into industrial rock in 2000 with Brutal Planet. That's more what was going on in the early 2000s, late 90s. Alice, once again, developed as an artist. He knew that he can go a little harder, a little heavier, and still make this work. However, the song I chose for this special isn't really any of that. Brutal Planet is a brutally heavy album. A great album, actually. In my best of, most of the songs are on there. 
but this song in particular, Pick Up the Bones, is not what the album is really known for. It's the standout song. It's a little softer. It's a little more conventional. But it's amazing, the storytelling. Listen to how he describes the bones of his family, his dead and gone family. The guitar, the writing. I like the song so much that it's the intro music to my Bare Bones podcast. So you've heard this plenty of times, a little bit of it anyway. But here's the song in full form. This is another favorite. I love this live. You could find this live in the Brutally Live DVD. He performed this and uh, it's on there and someone loaded it to YouTube. So check out Pick Up the Bones.
gonna shine Flowers will bloom And all will be fine But nothing will grow On this burnt cursive ground Cause the breath of the death Is the only sound Now we're moving on to one of my favorite Alice Cooper albums of all time A very underrated album that nobody talks about It's called Dragon Town, 2002. I know a lot of you are going to love this song deeper. And the reason you're going to love it is because it sounds like the music that was playing in Return of the Living Dead when they hit the canister and the gas starts spraying out. These dudes hit the floor, pass out, and that music kicks in with the intro to Return of the Living Dead. This song, Deeper, always reminded me of that music. It just has that sound. Uh, This is another song where the lyrics, it's really interesting. There's not too many lyrics. One set of the lyrics just repeat over and over and over. But it really doesn't matter. The song takes you on a journey where you really don't even care. I never even noticed that until I just read it for this special here. So I've been listening to this album for... I've been listening to this album for 20 years, and I never even noticed that. The album just passed its 20th anniversary. So here we go. Return of the Living Dead-esque music in Deeper. Yeah. 
hope you have loved this Alice Cooper journey as much as I have. I hope it showed you that, hey, I'm missing out on something great. Let me pull up Spotify, type in Alice Cooper, and take a journey of my own. If you don't want to do that, you could just ask me for the link <laughs> to the best of I made, and you could instantly get all his best stuff without having to discover it yourself. I've spent tons of time with this. I know the good stuff. Don't worry about it. You won't be missing anything. So we're coming to the end here. It's been a great night with you guys. I'm so glad you're here and took this journey. Well, right after Dragon Town in 2002, Alice decided to not go as heavy, not go with the industrial heavy rock theme. He's going to go with straight rock. Not only that, he wanted a sound that sounded like a band in a garage, and he got it. He wanted a very underproduced sound with the eyes of Alice Cooper the following year in 2003. It's a vast contrast from the 1991 Hey Stupid. It's the exact opposite. People who complain about that production should like this one. This track, This House is Haunted, is a haunting, chilling track. Again, Alice knows how to tell a story in his delivery and his lyrics. He is right there on top of the creation of the music, he handpicks everything. He knows what he wants. He knows what sounds good. This album is very difficult to find, actually. It's not even streaming on Spotify. It's not streaming really anywhere. People have uploaded tracks to YouTube. You can buy the vinyl of this album, but it might be easier to do that than it is even to buy the CD. But nobody does that anymore anyway. But like I said, it's also not streaming. So... If you really dig this track, I do recommend you look up The Eyes of Alice Cooper and try to get it in your hands in any way, shape, or form. Here it is, This House is Haunted. I was sitting in my room, dark and gray and crying. Someone in my life, I fear, was at the point of dying. A cold wind blew right up my spine It was the break of dawn A little voice way deep inside Told me she was gone Ah, this house is
We're going to squeeze one more song in there. At the request of huge Alice Cooper fan Stephen Scott, I Am the Spider epilogue from Alice Cooper's 2008 Along Came a Spider. The final spoken part, we know what Stephen has been doing all this time. Yep, it's an update on the character Stephen from Welcome to My Nightmare, who we explored extensively earlier in the show. So this is to wrap up that whole story, and it is a haunting tale. Check out the lyrics very closely.
Well, they found my diary today. They were appropriately appalled at the discovery of the eight victims. They're now putting it all together. Women wrapped in silk with one leg missing. Eight legs, one body, silk, spider. Brilliant. We've been in this cell for 28 years, Stephen. We couldn't have done all those horrible things. Yes, I know. I know what you always say. You trap, you kill, you eat. That's what a good spider does. You trap, you kill, you eat. You trap, you kill, you eat. Well, we're going to wrap up the Skeleton Crew Horror Hits Alice Cooper Retrospective, Alice Cooper's Haunting Songs. In 2011, Alice got back together with producer Bob Ezrin and did a sequel to his first solo record, 1975's Welcome to My Nightmare, with Welcome Number 2, My Nightmare. A perfect way to title the sequel to that album. Most fans did not think it exactly captured the same spirit as the original Welcome to My Nightmare, of course. But it's still very much Alice. Standout songs, I Am Made of You, Last Man on Earth, Disco Bloodbath, Ghouls Gone Wild, Something to Remember Me By, The Underture, which we are going to listen to, which is also the final track. If you don't count, We Gotta Get Out of This Place, which is a bonus track. The Underture is an instrumental. He takes instrumentals from the original Welcome to My Nightmare and this Welcome to My Nightmare, blends them together in a masterful way. It's all very much horror-oriented. A great way to end this Alice Cooper retrospective with a nice, mellow, interesting, fun instrumental. And then I will come back at the end and wrap things up. Here it is, The Underture.
What great stuff. What a great time. It's funny. If you had such a great time with this entire journey, the funny part is I didn't even pick all of the best Alice Cooper songs. All I did was pick the ones that were horror-oriented, had a spooky vibe, like I said, the less conventional stuff in terms of the macabre. I thought it would be a great way to break the ice with Alice Cooper, but I implore you to take a journey yourself. I know a lot of people don't have Spotify and streaming services like that, but YouTube usually has everything. Go to Wikipedia. You could go to Wikipedia, look up all of his albums, then go to YouTube, type in the album, then write playlist, and there you go. It's totally worth it. If you feel like you're getting uh, bored of listening to the same old things you've been listening to for 20 or 30 years, Alice Cooper is a great new journey to go on. I absolutely, obviously recommend it. I shouldn't even have to sell you on it after this special. It should speak for itself. If it doesn't, maybe he's not for you. And that's okay, too. Thanks for taking the journey anyway. This has been Alex from The Skeleton Crew and Bare Bones. This was Skeleton Crew Presents Horror Hits, Alice Cooper. Thank you and good night. Don't let the Black Widow bite.